Hey everybody, you're listening to Sincere Tweets. My name's Duncan Carson. Uh, thanks for tuning back in, folks. I'm here with the very first guest on the very first Sincere Tweets that is now lost to time, Chris Tellas, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, thanks for having me on, Duncan. The suggester of the title for the show. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. It's it's one of my credits. <laughs> you put that in your bio? Yeah, yes. <laughs> your next comic has been on Comedy Central <laughs> and thought of the title of a podcast. That very few people have heard. Sincere tweets. And I always hear at least one guy go, what? <laughs> and I just walk into the bombing situation that I'm in. <laughs> I do actually, uh, some guy that I knew in college reached out to me when I posted like, oh, all the original ones are lost. And he's like, I actually have them all. Ooh. So I have that old audio of, of you on the first one. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say you knew a guy in college who reached out and said, I'm a huge Chris Tellis fan. <laughs> I was like, man, I got some reach. He's a Chris fit. I'm a Chris fit. Yeah. <laughs> They're out there. Uh, well, thanks thanks for coming back, man. It's, uh, you know, it's it's 11 years later or something. This is, uh, it's crazy how time's just been flying by. Yeah. We've been through a lot together, and here we are. Uh, I know the listeners can't see it, but this is a beautiful studio. Thank you. You got it real uh, hippied out. We were yep. sitting on the floor. We were sitting on pillows. We're sitting on the floor. I'm barefoot just to give people a visual. <laughs> I feel like Duncan's barefoot. Well, he has socks on. I've... His socks have holes in them. <laughs> they do. Not a shocker, but there's a nice rug, some lights. Comfy rug, lug. <laughs> the lamp changes color. Uh, it's it's very... beautiful in here. The board is all lit up in a very in a very pleasing way. Yeah, yeah. I might tweet about this right now and say it's beautiful in this little studio. A sincere tweet. A, a very sincere tweet. <laughs> Indeed. My three followers will really ignore that. <laughs> you know, you were saying we don't have to talk about it for too long, but you barely tweet anymore. You were saying, the yeah, other day. it's hard. I mean, I I never really tweeted much. It, <clears throat> I just feel like I'm definitely funnier than anybody I see on Twitter. <laughs> but the problem is, I don't know how to tweet about it. I, I'm too insecure. I just um, I put some out, and if it doesn't get enough likes and like. 10 minutes i delete it it's no good and, uh, yeah but sometimes i hop on there and just watch all my friends making fools of themselves sure sure, sure, sure. yeah throw a little promo on there sometimes <laughs> you seem more like an instagram story guy that's where all the action is these days yeah instagram story i feel like i should just do it on snapchat too but i don't know snapchat even though it's old all these apps are old there's something more young about Snapchat. I feel insecure being older. Yeah. Uh, be, like, I wouldn't be TikToking and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm on the Insta story. I feel like old people are on that and Facebook. Facebook is where all the old people I know. are going these days. That's I where me and my homies hang. I can't log into Facebook without reading a goddamn eulogy lately. Yeah, it's been all... Yeah, you're right, you're right. Well, it's like, I don't want to... It's like every time it's very like, oh, that's so sad, and of course, but often I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> I didn't want to surprise Radiology at 7 a.m. Yeah, Facebook is bad news all the time. Instagram's more selfie mm-hmm. uh, selfie world. But I don't know. I, I took a, a month off in February off of social media. Ooh. And it was my first time doing it, really. And it felt good, you know? Yeah. Like, I, like I know I'm lonely. Yeah. But with no <laughs> social media... It's less of a reminder that I'm lonely. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Like you're just by yourself yeah, yeah. and you're just living life and nobody, you're not, you, I, I think it is that you just see everybody living their life and doing great things on Instagram or projecting that. Very and much. then like, you're just like, well, what the hell am I doing? I'm not paddle boarding today. <laughs> Why am I playing Last of Us again? <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've, I've had to draw boundaries around like just not keeping it by the bed. Yeah. Because I feel like when you're just awake or falling asleep and you do the phone thing, that's when you're the most like, look at all these people and their awesome lives. Yeah. And here I am again by myself being a piece of weird? Shit. We're old enough to, I mean, we remember before apps and iPhones became, uh, smartphones became everything. And, oh, yeah. You know, and like being a month off of social media kind of took me back to that time. Mm. Like where I was just like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's nice to be oblivious to what everybody's doing. Like time travel. Yeah, but now that I'm back on it, <laughs> I'm hooked, baby. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, did, it, did it, when you came back, did you have like a better distance from it or did you just full on binge again? Oh, I, I binged pretty quick. All it, it, the clock. It, it, <laughs> it, you know, being on 
the apps really is just stalking, but easy. Yeah. yeah and everybody's yeah. just doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was way harder to stalk without the iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like covered in people's garbage and stuff. Just digging through dumpsters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Following people around. You don't even have to do that with the iPhone. <laughs> On the other hand, it's really easy to stalk people because they're always looking at their phone. Mm-hmm. And they don't notice you in a... I was on Facebook. The only people that look at my stories are people that I went to like middle school, high school, and like uh, aunts that I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> legit, legit. You know what? I actually looked you up on TikTok just to get a, a sense. Oh, no. No, no. Because uh, there's a clip of uh, one of your Comedy Central sets. Really? You're talking about like internet towers. I mean, I know the clip. I didn't know it was on TikTok. And not only, so I think Believe Comedy Central had posted it as, <sighs> as they do. And there was a person that lip synced to it and kind of like no he did really she did yeah like she like acted out the whole i think internet towers bit no way to your voice I no was, one's ever told me that. i had no idea i knew you'd get a kick out of I'm it freaking Hell yeah. flattered it's like an honor you know is, that somebody is cringing out their friends with my voice <laughs> <laughs> that someone is losing respect from people that they know with my friends that somebody out there is losing someone who wanted to bone them by right, acting and, out my <laughs> and then her account was immediately banned yeah, for, yeah. For... no i'll have to check that out after this because you know i have <clears throat> friends and people around me that want me to you know just become better at this uh social media you know being a stand-up comic and promoting yourself and i have nothing against it i'm just lazy slow brain yelled at by your whole team every day (laughs) and i I, i'm just like if i could find this footage and just rip it from the internet maybe i could post that on my tiktok account because i have um i have a tiktok account but i think i just follow the rock (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I haven't <laughs> logged in since, I don't know, I opened it. But uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to. It's tough to like, I think especially at this. TikTok. <laughs> well, at this point, remember, like, it seemed like Twitter was like the thing you had to do mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. And now it's like any of the video, like Instagram Reels or TikTok seem yeah. to be the way to blow up. And you're like, I can't, it's not going to be, six months later, it'll be I something like else. once I learn it, yeah, there's yeah. something else. <laughs> I think that it's uh, like tweeting still, I think, I mean, it's got to still be a thing, right? Like people tweet a lot, but I see people tweeting everything like, you know, I'm about to go make me a sandwich tonight, tweet, and then I'm just like, I'm terrified of putting anything out because I'm afraid of somebody reading my shit and going, man, fuck this asshole. (laughs) He's not funny. I wish people could give unlikes to your tweets. (laughs) Like just they rack up. Like vote it down. I guess thumbs down, yeah. Yeah. Eh, That's a bad idea. It's just favorites. Retweets are where it's at, though. Retweets was when you know. That like, it's to Somebody cares. (laughs) I feel like Twitter, I just stalled out on followers like eight years ago. And now it's like, that's it. No one no one blows up anymore. Everyone just has the amount of followers they have. It's like frozen in time. Yeah, or just like people don't go viral, but their tweets get stolen and someone else gets viral. I feel, I feel like I hear that from my comedian friends all the time. Sure. Um, yeah, I've never got viral. No one's ever stolen my shit. I've never gone viral. You know, I did think uh, whenever the, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the MTV VMAs <laughs> or something. Hold on, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Karate slapped. And I remember when it happened, I was like, uh-huh. uh, it was definitely one of the more recent best days on the internet ever. It was a fun night. But uh, yeah. I was going to, I was trying to formulate, um, I don't know if it was a meme yeah. Now we got sincere tweets, but now I do meaningful memes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we should uh, make one where... I was surprised no one made one with uh, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, and it could say, welcome to Earth, above it, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was thinking that's such an obvious joke, because of Independence Day, welcome to Earth, Welcome right? to Earth, yeah. And I, I couldn't find it on the internet, and I was going to tweet something about it, and I was just like, man, I already know when I'm going to tweet this, they're going to say... Hey, you stole Larry the Cable Guy's tweet about this, you jerk. That's <laughs> so I decided not to do I feel it. Like, well, I feel like when there's a big... It's the pressure of Twitter. When there's a big thing like that, I don't feel like anyone would be like, Welcome to Earth. Somebody else thought of this first. I feel like oh, it's yeah. a pretty low-hanging fruit. I know. I saw that everybody hates Chris uh, yeah. meme everywhere, but I know for a fact that I'm the first one who thought of it. <laughs> so it's just crazy that people put it out there. Are you, <laughs> as a... As a comedian named Chris, are you now afraid that you'll get slapped? <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you asked that because I think there should be a GoFundMe made. <laughs> for 
for just like some body armor for me. <laughs> no, I, I, it's crazy because at that point, I mean, did you, what are your thoughts? I mean, let's get into this, uh, the I'll, slap. I mean, I'd, I'd love to. Uh, were you? I don't think it's too complicated. It was shocking, honest. right? But I was like, mostly because we grew up with Will Smith and Chris Rock, like in our families the whole time. Really, you think about it, mm-hmm. and now we see that this culminate. But uh, I, as a comedian, I didn't sit there and want worry about yeah. shows like there's going to be a slap, <laughs> a bunch of people just running up on stage and slapping comics now. I really don't like. Maybe like once the children that witnessed it grow up into like i don't i don't think there's people out there that are like oh it's fair game on comics yeah <laughs> yeah that was insane i mean i, I was getting texts from friends that team smith or team rock <laughs> i was like man team rock but i didn't know i had to pick a team team don't <laughs> hit people That's yeah it. yeah just, well team don't make fun of my wife i mean <laughs> no, i'm just maybe yeah, maybe like, like make fun of his wife biggest takeaway don't hit people yeah. Smaller and perhaps worth discussing takeaway, don't make fun of people's wife or whatever. Yeah. But like like Well, I that's, mean that's, there's just been so many more brutal roasts than... through the history of award shows and ain't nobody got slapped. <laughs> <laughs> right? Somebody hit Ricky Gervais first. Oh really? No, I mean like he should have been slapped. Oh yeah, yeah. He goes he goes for the heart. My thing <laughs> is like, cause I just I wasn't watching, so I just saw like, oh Will Smith went up and hit Chris Rock and you're like, Oh, well he must maybe he said something super bad about their like open marriage or whatever it is uh and then it was just kind of like he's scanning and like you know like gi jane and you're like well that doesn't seem that he's yeah i saw somebody make a point they're like hey gi jane what's wrong with being compared to gi jane she's the hero (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you (laughs) it would be an honor to play that was as a well-known star vehicle for like the most beautiful woman on the planet in 1997 you know like sorry i have a I need a Zyrtec or a Zantac, but get a real energy drink situation. I had a coffee, and <laughs> so I'm allergic. It's to a it. Starbucks double shot energy. I'm gonna have a heart attack and die on your podcast. Groundbreaking stuff. <laughs> I, I was gonna say when I uh, the Chris Rock, uh, you said you weren't watching it. No, I'll tell you a little inside scoop of my uh, life. Little too much TMI, as we say. <laughs> I was uh, I was too on, much TMI. Uh, with Chris Dellis. That was an original podcast idea. They went to nowhere, Aww. but I'm glad I could say it now. Now you, uh, it's on record. You mailed it to yourself. So I was on a sizzling date that night. You're on a date. I was on a date that night. Okay. Uh, she apparently did not know we were on a date, but it was a date nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> we were eating. <laughs> so, date. You thought we were well, hanging out. If one out. person thinks it's a date, it's a date. That's just how it yeah, works. Yeah. Not a good one, maybe. She, she was like, I didn't know this was a date. I was like, what do you think's up with this three-piece suit I'm wearing? I mean, <laughs> I had to rent this from Men's Warehouse. It's I love the date. There's like violin players. She's like, I thought we were just hanging she out. She showed up wearing sneakers just after the gym, and I was like, but but uh, that slap was happening. Uh, it was slapping. The slapping. And I, uh, I looked at my phone and everybody was going psycho. But I was on this date and I, unlike many dates, I thought I was having like a real soulmate connection. Ooh. So the slap seemed like the furthest thing from the world. I didn't care. Who cares? Uh, yeah. Turns out uh, within a few days, uh, she let me know it was not a soulmate connection. Mm-hmm. And it was just a couple dates and that was it. It was over. But that slap became major to me. Days after it was to everyone else, <laughs> I was like, I thought I found me a life. No, I didn't. So now the slap Dude. is important. Yeah, you should have known. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You were you were missing out. Oh, once I was back to loneliness, I was just like, oh my god, why would he slap this guy? <laughs> it just like mattered. To I me like more. that. You know, that like three days later, you're like, who wants to talk about it now? And there was Guys, like, we're past it. Everyone's tired of it. There were it's- a lot of great memes though, man. <sighs> like I saw one where like. They made it look like uh, Will Smith was playing like uh, the guitar, yeah, and Chris Rock was playing like the saxophone. The way they were positioned in the slap, yeah. I was thinking about getting that tattooed on my arm, dude. I loved it so much, man. Yeah, it was. It was like it is. It when something's that big, it was impossible to swoop in and feel like you had any original take on it. Yeah, yeah. It's just surreal. I bizarre. tried to. I tried to bring up that NBC show, The Slap, and I was like, "Well, I'm like eight thousandth in line." Who- that was a show. There was a show called The Slap. It's like it's a miniseries where an adult like slapped somebody else's child. And it, <laughs> it caused a whole rift in their subdivision or whatever. You you have to watch somebody slap your child and be like, all right, <laughs> no, I'll take another ten thousand. 
Stay <laughs> strong, Junior. It was a fictional show. It wasn't like a game oh. show. <laughs> For somebody that thought it was a game show. It's like, as a parent, how much can you take of your child getting slapped? For the right price. <laughs> the most dystopian show. <laughs> How much would you take to slap your kid? Somebody's like, 500 bucks? <laughs> <Then> even, <laughs> not even a comma. <laughs> it's 500. Somebody's just like in the audience like, I'll do it for less than that. Like, I just need to get my brakes checked. Get so in there, man. Yeah. Cover that. Get a new pair of snow tires. Uh, so you've got, we were talking before, you've got your <clears throat> album recording coming up in May. <clears throat> At the the brand new Cap City Comedy Club when it yeah. opens, and uh, I was wondering because like you know I don't we don't we don't know that many people that have put albums together, mm-hmm. and there were so many. I I recorded mine in twenty seventeen at this point, but uh, at the time it was like very hard for me to like choose jokes. Even doing stand up since uh, before you moved down here, even yeah. right like so. I think oh, around late twenty ten is when I started. Right, twelve years. Oh, wait, no, yeah, twenty ten sometimes when I started. I don't remember. Specifically, when that's got to be a couple hours of material minimum. Yeah, it's it's weird because I mean I've been going my whole career, and <clears throat> you met me when <clears throat> pretty much a little short after I moved out here. Yeah, we moved around around the same time into Austin, and uh, it's always been fun. I like doing comedy, and I've met a lot of great comics, and I've seen people put out albums, but I just never uh, thought of myself as putting out an album ever. Of course, you want to. Mm. But uh, I don't know. I'm just such a, uh, for choice of poor words, I'm just not a very smart uh, person. I'm not very. Um, <laughs> for choice of poor words. For, for choice of just sounding dumb as hell. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I'm not very good at making a goal and uh, getting it done. Not and, very goal oriented. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, making a goal. I, uh, <laughs> no, making one. But, uh, I'm not very good. I've never been person. to the Orient. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I'm just very much a, a leaf in the wind kind of person. Sure. So things don't get done when you're like that. You're just a leaf. And then uh, I, I'm lucky enough to meet people uh, that like me enough and that care about me enough to be the ones that be like, okay, like my manager is like, We're, you're recording this album here and I was like, oh shit, okay. Like just to get things, like tell me I'm gonna do it and I'll do it. And you sound like you just woke up, like what? Oh, oh fuck! Can I, put, can I eat a bowl of Cheerios first? But like, <laughs> but uh, we did it back in September at for Moon Tower, mm-hmm. and it was fun, and it was uh, just one take, and uh, it came out okay. But like I, I told you earlier, I just feel like I know I could do it better, mm-hmm. and it's my debut album, so I wanted one more shot at it. Yeah. So we set up another one uh, for. March 22nd, but it just got pushed back uh, because the cap's not going to be open. But yeah. I got the new date today, so let me give uh, it to you. Yeah, let's let's get that on, on tape here. Uh, yeah, it's going to be May the 18th. May 18th. Yeah, it's going to be at Cap City. It's going to be in the Red Room. Mm. Um, but yeah, just... I'll have the tickets will be up soon, but um, I, I'm more focused this time on this album recording. I'm like actually... It took me 12 years, but now I finally get that I have to make a good album to keep this going <laughs> if I want to. So I'm I'm actually working pretty hard to make it good. It, well, I mean, it's so funny because, you know, like like of all types of artists, comedians like are the ones that put things out there the the, the least. Yeah, yeah, I think you know so what I mean. Too. Like mu- musicians have a debut album like relatively soon after they start. Yeah, I, performing. I was... So you know, like. My 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 question is just like what what were your sort of priorities in choosing material for it? Because I I put a, I got really in my head for a long time about like oh man I could do all these bits that do the best consistently, but I feel like some of them like these stories are more me or whatever yeah. you know like. Well, I I think that my priority was like I just wanted everything like just the hottest jokes I have. I wanted to be just fun the whole time, like yeah. high energy. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of stories and stuff, but oh, then I, I want to bump people out. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, I do that, like, in the last one minute. <laughs> <laughs> and then I really leave and make them all regret liking me. Yeah, just, just I, I save, save like, it a very, very offensive very joke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and at the, uh, at the, I end it by telling everybody, hey, I know everybody here is also a Latino for Trump. We had a good time. Good night. <laughs> and I just leave. If you're like, no, what? No, what, you what? it. He was good until that. It's like, and all your ticket proceeds go to <laughs> reelect Trump 2020. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, do you want to uh, edit out any material? I was like, no. <laughs> even that last minute. No, leave it. No, leave it but in. I, I um, 
Because I had like, you said 12 years, I have like old stories, old ass ones. Yeah. And for some reason, they are still, they do pretty well now. I guess I kind of uh, try to keep them as a relatable. And everybody has a life and grows up and is a kid and has bullies and awkward confrontations. Are you do that bully story? Yeah, I think so. See, but that's the thing. Like, uh, I have a lot of these stories. And when I was doing them on the first album, I realized after I listened to it, I'm using a lot of these people's real names. (laughs) And who knows? They're the power of Facebook. And they might know me through somebody who still keeps up with me if I don't want to get sued or nothing. That's tough. uh, Because I'm also like, uh, there's one that joke where I accuse a guy of uh, killing a kid at the end. (laughs) Been doing it for years since I've been honest. And it always crushes. But in reality, he didn't kill a kid. And I'm like, he's going to, after I said it at the recording, I was like, there's a chance he'll hear this. Because uh, I know people who know him that still follow up with my comedy. Yeah. I never planned on Facebook and all that to be such a big deal when I started. And uh, it is. So, like, I'm, I'm, I reworked the jokes and uh, I found a way to just do it without even mentioning these names and without oversharing in a lot right. of these stories, yeah, yeah, yeah. cutting the fat out. So now it's a mix of a few older stories. But I finally got off my ass and I started, like, writing and doing mics. And it took me years to just get motivated. And then uh, I'm like, okay, leading up to the album, if I've already been working on new stuff that I'm I'm happy about, that's more exciting to do than old shit. Yeah. So it'd be cool if my album could be like, you know, 70% new material than what I recorded in September. That way they could release that terrible album uh, after I die. Ooh, a little B-side. On Kung Fu Records. Yeah. Or Merge Records. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like that posthumous Mitch Hedberg album or whatever. Yeah. Maybe it could just come out as a bonus CD with a no effects reissue can't, can't for a, no reason. Can't sue a dead man for libel. Yeah, hey. you can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Probably sue his family or something. But. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, no. I mean, 70% is also a high ridiculous number. But Yeah, it's uh, a high bar. especially 40 for, or 50%. Maybe 10% yeah. new material. <laughs> well, new from like a few months ago. It's, I say uh, instead of baby in the car now, I say my grandfather's in the car. <laughs> I was just new material. I was just telling somebody like like I love that opener. Do you just how like you still use that? Yeah, like yeah, I think pretty. I came up with that like year one of doing stand up at Dallas, and uh, it's just because I needed a one liner to just make just them like me immediately. immediately. Yeah. yeah, and it's hard to kind of uh it's easier when you get people laughing at the top yeah. you know that so like i don't feel like i'm digging my way out but now i kind of prefer to just dig a hole for myself early and <laughs> it's not, i feel like everyone could tell you're joking yeah about <laughs> that, having a baby in yeah uh, now I, I mean but you know what i mean like uh now i, I don't use it as much because hmm. if i open the show and they don't like my first story that sucks but there's a little bit of a rush if you're bombing up there yeah it's like can i turn this around I was just, I just remember. And then I told him I have a baby in the car when I'm bombing. <laughs> when I moved down here, I used to do a quick opener to get a, a jolt out of people. I'd be like, you know, you know, it's really weird, guys, when you have like a huge boner on stage. I'd be like, don't look. I don't have one now. <laughs> just like hypothetically, you guys are gross. You like, should do it and then just have a huge dildo just, just in yeah, your pants. Just like, stuff hey, something down there. <laughs> that's not funny. That's just off-putting. <laughs> that's just, yeah, that's, that's some real prop comedy <laughs> stuff. But I've always I've always admired your commitment to stories, which are so hard to like run at mics and like workshop. Yeah, I um, and to like find the beats and stuff. It's just like a nervous tick naturally, because when I talk to people and I hang out with people, I'm kind I'm an extrovert. I talk a lot, so you're a rambler. Yeah, and then whenever you ramble for long enough, and then you kind of hear it die out, and no one's laughing, you're like, wow, I just wasted everyone's time. So (laughs) naturally, you just impulse come up with like something funny to say to wrap up that waste of time. Yeah, that's what my story is. It's a wrap up of a waste of time with an okay joke. (laughs) Right, you're trying to bail it out. Like, like doesn't matter. That guy's dead. After that whole story, you just say that. Somebody. I feel like Nick Swardson or somebody had a bit about that phenomenon that I was always like, oh, he got to that first. But just when you realize you're telling a boring story, you make some shit up. Oh, yeah. You're just like, up. And then Steve fucking stabbed the guy or whatever. I'm trying to fix that about myself because, like, uh, you know, the scariest part is for maybe just people in general, but as a comic for sure, is when you really do take the time to step outside of yourself and look at yourself through other people's eyes yeah, and be like, man, I do not like what I see at all <laughs> through this guy, girls, or they's eyes. <laughs> well, that's that's what's so fascinating because for, for me, after, yeah, like about 10, 11 years when I recorded an album, I was like, oh, people are going to 
listening to this. Yeah. Not a million, but like a lot. Some that have seen me before, others that, like my parents are going to hear it. That's a big one. I feel you know? that. When I listen to my album, I was, I mean, part of it I don't like. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. Like, man, people are waiting to hear this. People who have probably been waiting to hear me put out an album or see what the big dealio is about me. And mm-hmm. then I'm dropping this steaming pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's like, a, for example, like one thing I didn't like was... I I I told a story about Saves a Day, a band I used to listen to. Sure, and I love Saves a Day, right? But in and the story, I didn't plan on telling this at the recording. I was just like, "Whoop, running short on time. We just whip out this old memory," <laughs> and I shot it out there. But in the joke, I'm like, "Anybody like Saves a Day?" And a few people were like, two or three people were like, "Woo!" Ooh, and I'm sure. just like, "Yeah, three people sounds about right. Fuck them, right?" And then I go on with the story. <laughs> But then I started thinking, what if Chris Conley from Saves the Day somehow hears this one day? Yeah, sure. I would want him to hear it and be like, awesome, someone's telling a story about our band, a joke, right? And I don't want him to hear it and be like, why is he saying fuck us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah why is he so negative? And I, I know like my sets go better whenever I, I keep a positive spin on myself, uh. and I, not like a negative. And I was like, why am I being negative? It's like watching a comedian headline or having a time and they're cursing more than usual because it's going bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't need to be that way. That's, yeah, that's a weird balance. Because I used to be, I'm a, I'm a relatively positive mm-hmm. stage presence myself. Mm-hmm. And I used to be a little like more like anti like the ranters of the world where I'm like, why this is a fun thing to do and the crowd's there to have a good time. But, exactly. But some, you know, some people have like a whole perform performance energy that's that can be very like negative. For me, it was just like when I do the positive stuff, I yeah. have the best sets I ever have. When yeah. I feel like everybody in the room's in a good place, they trust me, and I'm not. But then when I have those positive rooms, and then I just decide to take the shortcut or easy way out, yeah, which might involve like a. A uh, Holocaust joke, or a, no, I'm just joking. I, I've never done a Holocaust <laughs> joke, but I'm just saying. We sometimes this shit slips out because you're in the moment. You might be in a bad mood at a show, yeah. Or I'm, you know, just drop a pedophile joke or a reference. <laughs> in some rooms, it's just fucking awesome, and in some rooms, it's like the room acts like you betrayed the shit fucking out of them. Crickets, yeah. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. it's yeah. not even worth it anymore. Sometimes I'm just like, I'd rather just tell a good story or joke and have a good time that people could actually come up to me after the show and say they enjoyed it instead of been like. Uh, this guy's probably a serial killer when he's not doing comedy. <laughs> it's taken me so long to like eating chicken tenders while they're just looking at me with their hate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I used to be. I've like I've made the most progress on even bringing up subjects I know are controversial because mm-hmm. I'll do things lately that sort of like faint at like maybe I'm gonna go into it. I'm like that's not why we're here, but it is fun to like let them think for a second. I tried to uh, go into some topics that were like uncomfortable topics at one point, like sure. less than a year ago, when I was like experimenting with material. And even though it's like fine, it's just some topics even just are so cringe to bring up yeah. that it's hard to jump into it and be like, "Well, we're just talking about it like we're friends in a lunchroom and yeah, yeah, yeah. a break room, and I could we could actually make this funny." Well, that it's, it's, I decided to play it safe is what I'm saying. It's a fun challenge. I mean, like like. At shows and at mics and stuff, but oh yeah, yeah. I gotta I gotta think about where it's like, you know, like like uh, we should all feel differently about the police than we used to, right? And right. we don't want to get into that because we're here to tell jokes. But like, I grew yeah. up I grew up super white and obeying the law. So like, yeah, I noticed you said different about the police than we used to. I'm like, I've always hated the police. <laughs> that was like, I was like at a like I like to bring up. You like, mean like you a, like them now? At a bare <laughs> But no, the, I see what you mean the bit is going toward like I take all that any respect I used to have as like a child for the police and put it on firefighters because yeah <laughs> like they're still heroes yeah, right and you're like hey go fuck a cop's wife I love you guys <laughs> but like just even just to bring up the police at the beginning the whole crowd especially here in town is like <gasps> yeah whoa dude and I'm like look <laughs> we're not here to do like a debate yeah especially after course the last couple years yeah. with george floyd and stuff it's like you know a lot of comics it's like um i want to say our job but a lot of comics talk about topical things no matter what it is i've never been able to talk about that kind of stuff because i don't even know how to i can't think of a joke to make about it but uh yeah. there are i think anything can be joked about right but it's just yeah. how you do it i just uh i don't know i'm just afraid of a cop beating the shit out of me and killing me <laughs> after my show <laughs> I'm not. I'm just... I mean, I'm, you know. I am. <laughs> that, wouldn't, that wouldn't be the craziest thing your cop's ever I done. Am. I am. 
But, uh, well, I mean, like, I don't, you know, it's, I don't, I don't go around with any sort of deep principles about what the job of a comedian is. Right, right. Just ultimately do whatever I think is funny and yeah. whatever's going to, yeah, I'm 12 years in and I still feel like I'm finding my voice, right? Yeah, sure. Like, you never stop, but uh, lately I've just been uh, thinking, like, I'm just tired of kind of holding back. Yeah. So it's time to write and start opening up as hard as you do this longer and longer. Yeah. Like, I'm like writing there sometimes um, writing about my uh, relationships, you know, past sure. terrible relationships I've been in. And I'm like, well, if I want to just keep this going, like I'm a personable uh, comedian. So like a lot of what I write's about me and I'm like, God, learning how to write and cut all the oversharing parts out and just <laughs> put the uh, universal parts in. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's something I'm learning now. So hopefully I'll get there and I'll talk about that one day. I mean, you know, it, it, there's so many things that you're, like, not <clears throat> ready for to, like, talk about immediately after they happen or, like, you have to build up to. Mm. I feel like I have to now because, like, once I get this album out, mm -hmm. you know, that'll be an album out. But I think naturally, because I already put, did the first recording, and the reason I know I feel this way already is, like, once this is out, I kind of would just start working on my new material for the next album after that. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. uh, that's the thing about putting your first album out. It gets the ball really rolling. Uh, I'm, a, I'm hoping that's the case because <laughs> something's got to fire off my brain or get me started. <laughs> something's got to switch it up up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I don't do like... You're talking about the Tinder thing on uh, TikTok or the Internet Towers and all yeah, that? Yeah, that's a great bit. Yeah, but I haven't done that like since around that recording time. You yeah. know, like... Uh, I had to do it at a festival in San Antonio that we were filming. Yeah. And uh, I had fun that weekend. I just took a bunch of shrooms, and I was, like, fucking partying. Love it. But then they wanted me to do basically the exact same set I did on Comedy Central. That was, like, a couple years before, and sure. I had new material, and uh, it was such a bummer because I didn't want to do the same thing to get filmed to put on another network and be, like, the exact weird. same yeah. thing, you know? So so I just got messed up, and I ate shit, and they didn't use my footage. <laughs> But I was like, so I, and this album recording, I'm probably not going to do any of that stuff. But Well, I mean, if it's already out there and so prominent, uh, yeah, but. It's was, just hard to do it. Even if I wanted to do it, it's hard to go up there and do it because I just uh, go into cruise control. Mm -hmm. And then you'd ever do that thing where you're doing like an old routine, but you're just checked out and you it kind feels of float like you out left. of your body. Yeah. And then you came back and you're yeah. like still deadpan delivering this and you're like, wake it up, try to yeah. put some life you're into like, this. Be present. Step and, into yourself. And, yeah. And then there was God. come all over the place. <laughs> hey, wake up, everybody. Oh, man. That's so tough. I'm not boring myself up here. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sick of these exact thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I'm grown up. I shouldn't be talking about this. No I mean, I was. <laughs> I was gonna bring. I do love that bit specifically because I feel like you hear a million dating app jokes, mm -hmm. but not just anything that acknowledges the basic weird disconnect of, in the straight world at least. It's just like any, the ugly guys. What the app is to us. Well, like any woman is drowning in constant messages, oh, yeah. and the majority of dudes are just like, it's like the it's like a ghost town in the old oh. west you're like oh cool so it's just me swiping and it's such lonely. a terrible feeling it's you're, insane you're just like no matches no match a tumbleweed blood you know, the by. problem is i learned that we're all just swiping on women that are way out of our league yeah and of course they're not swiping back because i've been with an attractive uh friends of mine males and they've shown me their inboxes and they are flooded in yeah women. and i'm like it's not, it's just us, like us kind of dudes. Yeah, you know? but, uh, fucking dudes. I man. see attractive guys getting it, and it makes sense. That's why I'm insulted when, like, my attractive female friends tell me I'm handsome or attractive and stuff, and I was like, then what's up with the lack of likes <laughs> or the matches? Why is this happening? Apparently uh, not in photo form. Yeah. Apparently people don't like that I'm a Libra. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. I just have, I'm a people person. <laughs> there needs <laughs> to be, be some. I'm, like, getting sad on this podcast. There needs to be some sort of Tinder for, like, your personality. I don't know how people will get an impression of it. It's called meeting at a bar Through and an app. shocking someone. Like, I didn't know this guy was going to be this cool. Yeah, right. For an ugly, he's so cool that I forget how ugly he is. It's called hitting on people in person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the app world's ever. I was on Hinge for a while. Sure. And uh, that one was too real, man. I had to get off Hinge because all I was getting was like, 
uh, unattractive older people. It looked like basically women with a wig on that looked like me. But uh, and I was like, this feels like accurate. And I got off. I, I never got one I person. Like, I was over uh, out of my league. Which like is you should not do fun. a you should do a sketch, and it's just you in a wig that you yeah. match. Really. Meeting up with myself. What? <laughs> Film both sides. Oh, man. This, I, could, this could be a TikTok. I your, remember. Uh, your agent's da- probably right. Dude, I went to Dallas and did a show once, and I had a girlfriend, and uh, um, I, I liked hanging out with my girlfriend and being her around, and uh, I had a cousin who showed up to that show, and uh, a real sweet uh, cousin, and it was kind of a um, disconnected family. Sure. They kind of started getting into my comedy, and my cousin brought a chick i didn't realize to introduce to me oh. to set us up but she didn't know i had a girlfriend at the time and they uh when she introduced me to this late this lady this lady was like uh this lady looked kind of like my mom just older short mexican lady and i was like <laughs> oh my god and it was like my cousin was basically hinge and uh <laughs> i was hanging out with my girlfriend which was tinder sure. and, uh, sure, yeah, sure. yeah she dumped me anyway but i was just like man what a reality check <laughs> i was just like yeah i should be with someone who's old like me yeah <laughs> getting up there yeah you scratch that could you edit that part of the podcast <laughs> I, probably um, that is do you like we don't have to get into it but like do you you know it's comedy gotten you laid here comedy here? yeah uh, yeah, it's the only thing that's gotten laid. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I've met people that I've dated through comedy, you okay. know, and uh, I've slept with them. So, uh, but you know, I would think it's it's from. There've been so many times where, because especially early days for me, and like after a set, you're all like in your head or whatever, mm-hmm. and then I'll get home and be like, that person might have been flirting with me, but I totally missed it. Yeah, and I blew that channel <laughs> like, it, it's rare you know you you see people it's very rare people get hit on and they get in their dms and all that but i until i moved to austin and really started doing comedy just being out here on my own yeah it was uh, such a cool rude awakening because <laughs> like i was uh getting you know dms i started dating more casually than ever in my life um doing comedy out here and it was cool to me in the way that austin was cool because like you could be a creative person and be out there in a, in a city like Austin, there are people that appreciate that or are attracted to that. Sure. And in, like when I was in Dallas, uh, I was in a band for so long. And oh, yeah. I feel like we were the best band in the world. And we were not getting laid. And like, But people were wanting to hang out with us. It's just we were also really shy people, me and my friends. and real, They were real sweethearts, so there was no, like, sleaze to it or trying to get laid. We were, like, old boys. <laughs> uh, and then I moved to Austin. I'm by myself, and then I start dating people. And uh, it was just yeah, – I was older. I was, like, 28 or 29 when I moved out here. Yeah. And I still feel like I was very immature because I, I, I'm a late bloomer as far as, like, dating and all that stuff. Goes. I, was, I was, like, 27. Yeah. And in the middle of a real cold streak. Oh, whenever you came out here? Yeah, it was like... I remember you had like that braided belt that used to hang out the side real long. What? Oh, yeah. (laughs) When you barely met you, that was one of the first things. You had a long belt and it was just hanging out the side. Because I had that look for a while. A cloth belt. Yeah. Yeah, With like a metal... You know like those braided ones though, man, where you can put the hole anywhere? Yeah. Yeah, Because it's made of braids and so when you're done, sometimes you let it hang. (laughs) Yeah. I remember uh, you had that specifically at a show at Cold Town because... uh, uh, I don't know. I went through many phases in my life where I was wearing that long braided belt, and I was like, anytime I've worn that, my I was on a cold streak. Is all I'm yeah, yeah, it <laughs> it's was, the universal sign for cold streak. Well, like I had long hair that I barely ever cut, and like, yeah. didn't. Also, like, uh, when was it you really started uh, running, man? Is that running, well? I went on and off for years, you know, like uh, throughout here. Uh, when I lived in Arlington, there was a while where I was. Uh, running and that was around 2006 or something and yeah i think that's when i started and then i'd gain my weight back every few years and go lose it and then uh i think in 2011 uh, or 2012 mm-hmm. i went from like 300 pounds to like 226 pounds yeah because i was like running all the freaking time and then I gained back being in a relationship around that time. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would always fluctuate between 260 and 240, which is not good. And then uh, I think uh, to, 2020, I started running again yeah, during the quarantine. Yeah. And I went from like 280 to 195. Yeah, that's a, that's significant. That was the best, you yeah. know, because I looked at my BMI. Uh, I think that's what it's called, like what you're supposed to weight per your average uh, height. Yeah. I was 6'4", and... 
just to be considered overweight, I would have to get down to 235 or 238 or something like that. And I was like, God, that's just to be overweight. Just to get back to overweight. Morbidly yeah. obese. <laughs> but, uh, like, uh, well, but no, once I got to 195, 195 to 220 for my height is no average weight. Yeah. So right now I'm a good at 228. <laughs> but uh, like my goal is to get down to 195 again. Well, I mean, you look good. Thank you. Thank and uh, you. Well, and I was wondering, like, because I went from, like, in 2014 I got a job for mm. the first time in several years mm-hmm. and when went from like 250 to just like 200 or something yeah I and, remember I, and, I'm, a, and I'm a little shorter that. than you but like then it led to the next probably to this day people would be like you look good man and yeah. then, you know like what's your secret i'm like my secret is i took no care of myself for the first three years that everyone knew me oh. and then even when like palumbo was back in town last week he's like you just always look young you're 38 i'm like yeah it's because you knew me as a piece of shit for three years <laughs> That's a good feeling whenever but, you drop it. But I was wondering if you're getting this lately because, like, comedy is just a series of seeing people you haven't seen in, like, two years. Right. All the time. Yeah. And they're, like, post-pandemic, they got to be like, oh, dude, you, oh, look, you cool. look so good. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, I was, uh, during the quarantine, I was just um, at home with my dog all the time. And I knew she got kind of pudgy. Yeah. And I was just like, there, there's nothing else to do, really. And so... Uh, I started going on long walks uh, with her every morning, and I just start changing my diet. No sugars, no bread, no yeah. dairies, basically nothing white, and just uh, eating healthy. And then uh, next thing you know, I was running, and I lost the weight. And, of course, when shows came back and, like, Creek in the Cave came over here, yeah. I started my show. And that was, like, the first time me starting to see people on the reg. And it was cool to see uh, – them being blown away by your transformation. Yeah, yeah, people are like, uh, whoa, and you're like, I just look average. Yeah. And, you. you know, like, I don't know how, but I was able to date people throughout the years I've been here at my worst looking <laughs> and my worst feeling, and I'm like, that's when I was like, man, I must be fucking funny. Because, like, all these girls are way too attractive and cool for me, and I'm like, I'm hilarious. And then now I lost all this weight, and, uh, you know, I got to date a lot of cool people and just people just saying that you know and then comedians coming back like touring that yeah. i haven't seen in years noticing and well i feel like it was I, very flattering it i feel like cool. it's both like there's so many people you haven't seen in a while and they're like oh but then also there's it's a relative um rarity mm-hmm. in the sort of comedy uh oh, yeah. you know set of people that we know to just make drastic life improvements oh man and some of those people used to be skinny and got fat in reverse time and i'm like man it's time to start treating them like shit (laughs) and i do (laughs) i i uh uh, say that to their face too yeah no it's sweet and it makes you i'll tell you what if people are out there like wanting to get running get in the shape you know you have to be in the zone it feels like like something has to motivate you because yeah if you're doing that and you're not motivated it's easy to cave in and give up pretty quick sure but once you fix your body or like get it healthier, get the weight off, you, your body just feels like energy and it feels great. But I didn't know it was going to do so much for my mind. I, oh, yeah. I fixed my mentals like really well. Uh, yeah. So now I've been through, not to get all serious, but I get, I've been through like some massive things in the last three years that uh, made me real, like real challenges, real tests, you know, people trying to bring you down or your own, se- your own body trying to bring you down or, sure. you know, things out of your control that try to bring you down. And it's like, after I went through so much and I, t- you know, how it feels to take care of my head, uh, I'm like, uh, more like, Oh, well, nothing scares me as far as these challenges. I'm like, well, I already almost died in like 2020. I, I was in the hospital uh, for a week because I was diabetic, but, uh, you know, once I persevered through that and a couple more things, I'm like, man, when someone's trying to bring me down right there, I'm like, it ain't shit. <laughs> like, it's really nothing, because I'm like, I know if I just keep running, taking care of myself, mm-hmm. yeah, that's like, your body's like the most important thing, basically, is what I'm saying. I had to learn that the hard way. That's a tough one. Yeah. Tough. And your comedy career. Your body and your comedy career. Really Even t- if you're not a tied, comedian. Tied for first. <laughs> body, comedy career. Can't have yeah. one without the other. I'm starting like a whole weight loss uh, <laughs> seminar, and I just always talk about how important it is that comedy, and people are like, I'm not a comedian, asshole. I, I, <laughs> I mean, like, when I cleaned my act up a little bit, because I was jogging and stuff, too, I did literally have to, like, get that into my own brain. I was like, you know what? It'll probably help you be creative. Yeah. And you'll be you'll have that like sheen of health and people pay more attention to you on stage. Just yeah. just it serves both. Just remember that. Yeah, it helps you really fall in love with not to be like 
Uh, it sounds the worst, but it helps you fall in love with yourself. Because, oh. you know, you got to love yourself you before love you yourself. love anything else. Yeah. And it's easy to say, but once you actually do it, you're like, oh, my God, now I see what it's about. And I don't know. I, I'm just trying to get better at clearing distractions out. Aren't people just distractions? Yeah. A lot of stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. I like people, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's just so much to do now. I guess it's just getting older I'm talking about it. I'm like, yeah. oh, I have a lot to catch up on. There's a lot of stuff that, especially, well, I feel like we had kind of similar stories in our late 20s. We moved down here to sort of, because I really wanted to do comedy, but I also really didn't want to deal with the rest of life Yeah, and the same. shit you have to do to, like, stay alive and... Yeah. Be Doesn't generally really. well regarded amongst your peers and shit. I'm just like, oh, I just want to tell jokes and fuck off. I know, I know. And you can only get away with that for so long, it turns out. Oh, man, the less people you know, the better. And if you just stay happy and <laughs> work on your own shit, it's like the only thing. But it's hard to not know everybody in the city. There's yeah. just so much going on. It's uh, it's it's a weird feeling now, especially. I moved out here to be a lawyer initially. Really? Yeah, and now what? I'm a stand-up comedian. And I work at La Crawfish. <laughs> no, 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 I don't. L.A. Crawfish. <laughs> I call it La. That's why they're no. You didn't want to be a lawyer. That's insane. no, I didn't. But uh, that's I was a, when you said we have similar stories. I was like, really? You went to Harvard? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you went to Harvard Law School in Texas. <laughs> that's weird. I guess we to are practice so, estate law. I never saw you on campus. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but but yeah, just just that day to day like. Because I feel like I'm I'm on the verge of some... I've been walking every day and eating better. Mm, good. I'm feeling good. really good. I'm like, all right, I bet I could crest this all the way to exercise somehow. That's how it starts. I mean, like, if you're, people are nervous about... Well, I was nervous about running. I was just, like, walking, uh-huh. starting five to seven miles every day with my dog. Sure. Just walking to this park and back and just eating right. And before you know it, your cardio is going to be good because you're working on it slowly. Slow build. Yeah. I would yeah. love to pay for liposuction, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Hell yeah! Just, just trim the corners. And just tell everybody I've been running. <laughs> <laughs> I've been running my fucking ass off. But see, I, I run like when I run, like minimum, I try to run five miles. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I'm just really fucking wiped, I do like three miles. But I used to do like ten miles a day and shit. And now I'm like, uh, I see people running ten k's and all that. I'm like, I just never know when that is. I need to join some marathons. I mean, sure. Yeah, look, look that up. You're like, all right, well, I don't really care about that. We've already talked about the running for quite a while. <laughs> well, I think, I, I think it's, it is it is tied into everything because I feel like comedy taught me sort of willpower to, to just burn through those mics when I was shitty and, and just stick with something because I could see kind of the goal at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, who really gives a shit? Dude, I went to my uh, first <laughs> mic. I don't. I went to <laughs> my first two mics uh, last Monday. I did two mics, and it was oh, so yeah, much sure. fun. I'm trying to make it regular because I have this album I got to do. In I'm a doing month that so. late like, one again tonight. Yeah, I've been. Uh, uh, Fallout? Yeah, I've been. I might see you there. I've been. We were planning it. to get on this pod. You guys knew it. Uh, <laughs> but it is it is like such a different feeling to mic these days than it was. Yeah, how do you day. feel about the whole? Uh, you know, Austin's basically two or three scenes now blended into one. I mean, I feel like pre-pandemic it was already like a couple of scenes, mm. and now there's just a third or fourth one, whatever you want to call it, that yeah. I I don't tend to actually visit myself. Right, right. So, like, that music show I played at the Creek was the first time I've been there. Was that your first time on stage at Creek and everything? Yeah. Oh, okay. First time seeing it. And it's not like, you know, it just hasn't come up, and I haven't been miking anywhere, so it's not like a specific policy or anything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but that question comes up way more often than I've actually interacted with, like, all the new people here to town. and. Yeah, it's funny because I think I've, uh, you know, I'm one of the pre-pandemic longtime comics here. Yeah. And then I was pretty quickly integrated into the shows once they started the new scene. Running a weekly there. So, yeah, yeah, so I've gotten to know people on the other side. I call them the other siders. And uh, I'm sure they call us the other siders. Yeah, what do they but, call us? Yeah. The other siders. But, uh, I do. Uh, it is. It but is. they're cool, man. It yeah. is fun. Just like I was at uh, Thrive, Sam Castillo's show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this, uh, there were some New Orleans comics in town. And one of, like, a friend of theirs that had moved here during the pandemic. Some comic. I forget his name already. But he, he was just kind of like, because I was on the show and we were just kind of making small talk. And he was just, he was literally said some shit like, yeah, I hear the old guard around here is like really like 
you know, like, like clickish or something. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, oh, when did, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's about. like, oh, I've been here since August or whatever. Like, when did you move here? And I was like, oh, 10 years ago. I'm <laughs> one of the people you were talking <laughs> oh, about. Oh, no, I just talk about you being in the clinic. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, we're not not. I'm not going to argue with it. Yeah, anybody. we're not not. But like also, I, it's funny because when that, I got to hear sides on both, you know, both sides of it. Sure. Perspectives. And I understand both. <laughs> That's the thing. I kind of, I don't want to say I'm an in-betweener guy, but I get booked on both shows and I love it. You know, it's all about comedy, but I think um, eventually and it's already starting to happen. The sides are going to just start blending like nothing. Yeah. And, you know, we'll give it a few years and you have so many comedians not caring about who was here first or who came here later. At the end of the day, it's, they're going to be like, I wasn't here for any of that I stuff. Still, I'm just here to do comedy. I only My only thing that get, really gets my haggles up is mm-hmm. when somebody will post or give an interview to the press and imply there used to be nothing here. Yes. And then they showed up and saved the day. Yeah. Uh, that happens a lot. <laughs> but but the overall sort of just transformation, I think, into like a bigger scene doesn't bother me because it right. feels like we're just becoming like New York or L.A. Where yeah, and if you were any kind of like decent comic that believed in yourself or that knows that you could go and work and meet people and you keep your head low and just make it about comedy, you're going to get booked on a shit ton of shows. Yeah. Um, and I know what you mean about that because I see some quotes like that. And I, honestly, I, it used to bug me, but now I just see it as like kind of like a little ignorance, but yeah. uh, an innocent kind of thing because they just didn't know any better. And I mean, they're like, kind of high about, you know, their situation. They're coming over here and thinking well, and part like, of the you, movement. You and I and a bunch of, our friends moved here in 2011. We built this city. And I'm sure we said some bullshit about like, yeah, it's really taken off lately or whatever. Uh, well, like, See, that's not me. Uh, <laughs> you probably did. I remember coming out here and thinking it was already a scene, you know? Of course. But I remember when we moved out here, it was like you, me, like Kath was here, this Danny Palumbo. There were a lot of really great comics uh, when I just moved out. Ryan, Cody Hustack, yeah. Krug, Beard, and like there was like a whole scene, and a lot of them were here before us. And a lot of us, but when we all moved here, it just felt like, whoa, there's like a huge clique of really good comics that just came at the same time, and it was just so much fun. It like, was fun, yeah. Those Cap City rooms were the funnest rooms. Cold Town, Cap Mike, Cold Town. Oh my Cold god, Town. I remember the Cap City uh, Sunday mics felt like a showcase. Every Sunday was just sold out. Yeah, and I was like, this is an open mic. And, uh, you know, there was industry people here. I still remember the first time uh, I did a showcase for Cap uh, for MTV, and they flew me out. MTV flew me out to audition for a show. Oh, yeah, and I remember put, that. Yeah, yeah they put yeah. me in New York. I'd never been on a plane before, and that happened, like, in 2012, I think. It was your first time on a plane? Maybe 2013. Yeah, yeah, first time on a plane, Legit. first time to New York. And yeah. that's what I mean. I was like, uh, things were happening for me out here way before the pandemic, and... You know, I got my manager and some great opportunities. That's why, for me, I'm like, well, I know there was a scene in Austin. I'm definitely proof of that. Yeah. But uh, no one's a no one who ever moved here ain't heard of me before. So, <laughs> um, I could understand why they would think um, they're making it. But a lot of them, I'm telling you, they get to know the they get to know the comedians that were out here, and they get it. I think eventually. And I think it's just live and let live, and and if. Or just, you know, because it'll happen all the time. Like, we had two New York comics on the show a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, they've never met. Like, they'd never even heard of each other. Because uh-huh. it's just a big place. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. With, with all of its, like, areas and neighborhoods and sub scenes and stuff. And, 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 and if we go other places and we're like that, all the better. Yeah, I just say, play it right. Because, like, I, I think, like, you know, once Cap is open and Joe Rogan's inevitable club and the mothership uh, yeah Valve. there's just like a lot of clubs i mean how how nice is it to know you could be booked on multiple shows downtown and just walk to all of them and walk around yeah yeah multiple duke spots but it, at this point with joe rogan especially it almost feels like like i'm i'm trying not to just have a, a snarky when people are like how, how is joe rogan moving there like affected the scene and i every time yeah. i just want to be like well i get asked this question a lot yeah and that's pretty much it you go like it's pretty cool. He won't stop hitting me up, but uh, <laughs> he's, he's begging. He won't stop inviting me. Joe Rogan's to UFC begging fights. to do sure thing, and we're like, "Fuck you, begging man. to do sure thing." <laughs> he's trying he's, to do shits, but we're all booked up. He's begging to do a show for like seventy people when yeah. he could sell out the creek anytime he wants. Yeah, that's that's, I mean, that's what's happening. Have you have you ran into Joe or anything? Like that? Yeah, he, I don't think he hangs out anywhere. Uh, I used to see him at Creek all the time. But, oh, okay. You know. Well, I don't hang out there. 
So yeah, I, I whenever I had a weekly show there, I used to uh, tell the crowd that he was gonna he's there and he's gonna do a spot, and people would get stoked. And at the end, we'd be like, "Hey, he left already. Have a good night." Yeah, it's good to make people stay. You know what? Mostly, it's a people. I I feel like in the abstract sense, and this is this is maybe like self serving and, and petty or something, but every all this new stuff moving here. Mm-hmm. Kind of just feels like it helps me justify my decision to never have moved to New York or Los Angeles. Yeah, dude, we've known so many people who left. Yeah, and they came back. Well, they, well especially the pandemic. <laughs> or they like, come back. Yeah, I don't believe. Pandemic it. kicked a lot of people in the knees financially. So yeah, that's that's fine. But but like, you know, it's I've never not been like a little tempted. Be like, yeah. what if I really made a go of it out there? Or, or oh, whatever. yeah. I always wanted to move to New York or LA, but I just never had the money, baby. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, they moved to me now. But I also, I kind of moved here because I didn't want to have to get my shit together. Yeah. Like moving to one of those places seems like it would require. Well, see, that could, that's a, you saying that, like, I, I didn't want to get my shit together. She so stayed here. Yeah. That's sometimes the argument I hear from, like, the other siders. What they hear about uh, old school comics is that we're lazy. Mm. We don't write. We go to, we don't go to mics. We don't do stuff. And there's a lot of uh, comics that actually do do stuff and they do write and do, uh, but I know for me, for the longest time, I am that comic. <laughs> I mean, I would say, like, I when I was phrasing it before and just now, it's like, I don't want to get to my shit together in the non-comedy sense. Oh, okay. You mean just your all-around life? I Yeah. So <laughs> this is, like, the cost of living in New York and Los Angeles is very, very high. Yeah. And it's so, so it was very, for me, a sort of uh, thing where I was like, I want to double down on comedy and do that as much as I can, but yeah. I don't want to have to, like, be able to afford, like, crazy, you know. Yeah, I it, just, dude, I lived in the same apartments for, like, eight years. Yeah. I can't even imagine moving to another city. It's just like, I'm lazy, but uh, like that's the old me. <laughs> I, I'm, I really am trying. I finally moved into my own place. Hey. I finally have my own like thing going. Oh, and when now, was that? That was in December. After uh, roommates for yeah, like. Yeah. Oh, that's for, incredible, man. I haven't had my own place since I was 20. I'm 40 now. Yeah, how's that so, feel? Oh, amazing. You know, it's a big, nice, spacey apartment, so me and my dog are just in there. Yeah. I got a nice, cozy couch, cozy bed. I, I don't even have anything hanging on my walls yet. I just love that feeling of just moved in. Love it. Yeah, it just, uh, I don't know, you, sometimes you. I feel like I was in a coma for a big part of my life, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm just letting it go by and not doing things. And you get all these opportunities in, all, in your life and all these people being like, here, look, I'm giving you an opportunity to do this. <laughs> and you're just like, I'm just so used to failing. Yeah. That I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to let time go by and destroy me. And I don't know what was wrong with me, but I'm, not, I'm trying not to be that way no more. Well, I mean, and that's, and that's natural. <laughs> that's where it's like there's a way of like I feel like and me and a lot of people we know would probably like identify, which is just like it's, it's so much easier to sabotage yourself and be yeah. like, that's why I'm not. Yeah, at man. the top of the top, and yeah. not because I tried really hard and I failed. So, uh, well, there's a fear of trying and failing, and that's what keeps us from trying. Yeah, and I had like writer's block. I was a uh, reading this book, and it was yeah, pop up book that it was talking to me about how talking to me. I was reading. <laughs> it was an audio book, uh, and it was just talking about like uh, what writer's block really is, and just the. Fear of success, and also just like you know, in your own mind, like you might be a comic who writes solid shit, so you have a fear of uh, failing. So you're a perfectionist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the key to that is to just write through it. So if you have a hard time, just know you're going to write shitty things. And I was reading that like you just have to sometimes purposely write bad and just just to get it out of the way and just keep on going. Yeah. And it's weird. I knew that for so long, but I didn't want to still do it. And when I read it, I was like, okay. And I started typing away, and yeah. finally I found a good new poop joke. It took <laughs> several years. Another poop joke yeah. for the, the all poop joke EP. But that's just like a key to not just like for me. And when I started, like I've been just writing again the last couple of months, and yeah. now I'm starting to get out there, and I'm like, it isn't just for comedy. It's just for everything. Like yeah. Like I said, uh, when I, I was bad with goals and achievement, when I started running, it used to give me plenty of time to actually think of my goals and how to achieve them and brainstorm and strategize and all that. Yeah. That goes with everything in life. And yeah. Well, yeah, and, and now you're living on your own again. So like, <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Uh, you got to refine structure and for yourself. Yeah, things are pretty good right now because it's like I feel independent. i got some pretty good friends and i got some pretty good family and, all I gotta do is just write these damn jokes and perform them, <laughs> which I'm ha- first time ever. I'm actually stoked to do it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's the one thing we moved down here to do. 
I know, man. Imagine I, that. I can't believe I just let the years go by like that. It's free to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's uh, let's wrap it up here. I leave it on that somber. It, it was a somber note, but it was op- so optimistic at the end. I I feel like that's the vibe I'm shooting for. <laughs> You're going to share this and go, like, shortly after this uh, interview, Chris got <laughs> he walked T-boned into the traffic. by a subway yeah. truck. <laughs> he walked into traffic. <laughs> uh, working, people can see him May 18th, as we were saying, at Cap City yeah. Comedy Club recording yeah. album, uh, and also on the upcoming Moon Tower Comedy Festival. Yeah, and if uh, you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Hi Chris Tellez, H-I Chris Tellez. H-I, even though yeah. it could easily be H-I-G-H. Oh, yeah. Kiss in the sky, baby. Woo, you know me. I'm uh, I'm at a Duncan Carson on all this stuff. <laughs> four six nine four twenty. <laughs> uh, you can reach the podcast and your tweets at gmail.com. And if you live in Austin, there's a show every Friday night at Fallout Theater called Sure Thing that I would highly recommend because I oh. co-host it. And if I could say uh, uh, thank you so much for having me and. Follow Duncan Carson and follow this uh, podcast because I'm telling you, if you get to be a guest on here, you're going to see what I mean. This place is beautiful. It's beautiful. And like, I'm trying this to just like. nice. I'm uh, Anytime I kind of like have a show or sign up for a mic like tonight, I'm just mm-hmm. kind of like bringing people on. Yeah. And I think I would just, you know, I'll have you back on here, man. Absolutely. Like, anytime. Be a lot of regulars and stuff. And uh, we'll, we'll see you again soon, listeners. Thanks for checking it out.